Etchstone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years experience, Etchstone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Etchstone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at etchstoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. Next up, you'll be listening to United Way Community Connections with Mike Affelberg. United Way Community Connections. United Way Community Connections broadcasts every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. right here on WSMN. In United Way Community Connections, you will be introduced to leaders from all of the great nonprofits in Greater Nashua. From caring for our children to our seniors. From helping our homeless pets to our at-risk vets. From learning the skills to get your GED to dealing with trauma and substance abuse. Community Connections is the place to learn with Mike Affelberg about what's going on. Learn how you can help and make a difference from the experts. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy the show, which is making a difference in Greater Nashua. Here's your host, Mike Affelberg. Well, and a good Monday morning. Welcome to the United Way Community Connection show on WSMN 1590 AM. We're here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 AM. Um, on WSMN 1590. So why would you listen to our show? Um, each week we bring to life the work of the many nonprofits in Greater Nashville. There are many nonprofits serving our community. And so every week we try to introduce the uh, listening public to two different nonprofit organizations. We talk a little bit about their mission. What is the mission of an organization? Well, a mission is what they do and why it matters how they're changing the world for the better. We um, will talk with you about that because we want a couple of things to happen. First of all, we'd like for you to find out if this is an organization which interests you in terms of volunteering. Volunteerism is the lifeblood of almost any nonprofit. Um, organizations such as the ones that you're going to listen to today could not simply do their work without the volunteers in our community stepping in and helping out. Now, in the for-profit world, we would call that free labor, um, but in nonprofit, in the nonprofit world, we call it volunteering. Um, second thing, which is very important, is you know perhaps you love this organization, but you don't have the time to give, but you do have some financial resources. Well, donations are very important to nonprofits supporting these organizations in their work. Um, they simply could not do it without money. And uh, so if you listen to the or organizations we present and you find that something that they say resonates with you and pulls at your heartstrings and you'd like to support them financially, we always talk about how you can donate to them. Um, and, you know, last but not least, but uh, also, you know, very important is that the uh, nonprofits – in our community um, are always looking for ways to reach out to you so that you can connect to their services. And perhaps what I'm saying there is perhaps you know somebody who is maybe struggling with an issue. So today we're going to be talking, for example, with Meals on Wheels in our community. Maybe you know somebody, a neighbor, a friend, a relative who you think might benefit from Meals on Wheels. Maybe you feel like they're um, socially disconnected and they maybe don't have good nutrition in their lives um, and they're homebound and elderly and low income. Well, that's really the uh, demographic that Meals on Wheels serves. But if you don't know about them, of course, you can't connect them to that service. So those are the reasons why we love it when people listen into our show. Um, just a couple things I wanted to mention before we get, uh, you know, rolling. 
Um, last week, I mentioned the National Night Out. That was an awesome event. It was last, uh, I want to say, Tuesday night at the yeah at the Boys and Girls Club um, here in Nashua. It's actually a nationwide initiative, the, the National Night Out. It's a partnership with all of the police departments across the country to help connect communities to those police departments um, to help build the relationships between the community and the police. It was a fabulous event. The police were there. The fire was there. Fire department was there. The uh, a lot of different nonprofits showed up. There were hundreds of kids there, and it was just really, really a nice evening. So watch for that next year. It's called the National Night Out. I would recommend highly that anybody goes um, who has just a little bit of time and wants to check it out. So um, coming up, just a bunch of events coming up that I wanted to mention briefly. This is going to be sort of a random um, assortment of things, not even in any particular date order, which I apologize for, but you know, that's all right. If something here that I say interests you and you don't get to write it down because you're driving and you know, if you are driving, please don't write down what I'm saying while you're driving down the road. Just call me later and maybe I can tell you what I talked about. So, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks on September 15th at Greeley Park, one of my favorite events of the year is the water walk. The Water Walk is an amazing project helping to build um, wells in Kenya. So a friend of mine, Charles Okori, is going to be on the show in a couple of weeks to talk about this event. But Charles has been uh, putting together the Water Walk for the last couple of years. Um, basically, people will have a bucket. They'll get a bucket at Greeley Park. They'll fill it with water. They'll walk down to Main Street, um, and they'll walk back basically to emulate what people in the third world go through every single day to get access to water, which is something we, of course, all take for granted. I turn on my sink in the morning, my tap, the water comes out, I can drink it, it's clean. Um, that is not the case for a lot of people in the world. In fact, um, you know, just a quick stat here, 1.8 million people die every year from um, diseases related to water, and um, you know, including cholera. So if you think about that, that's pretty remarkable. So Charles does this event. It's a lot of fun. It's family-friendly. It's a fundraiser, but it's not like a huge heavy lift of a fundraiser. Um, and I do recommend you try it out because it's, it's just a great event. Coming up in two weeks is Brazil Fest. This is the third annual Brazil Fest. This is not a fundraiser. This is just a fun thing. It's at Greeley Park. Um, it's one of the last events in the Summer Fun Series. It's on August 25th at Greeley Park. And uh, this is an opportunity to get together with our Brazilian neighbors to eat some food and listen to some music and do some dancing and play some soccer. And um, we have a lot of Brazilians in our community. And sometimes people don't realize actually how many we do have. Brazil Fest is one of my favorite um, events of the year just because well, you know, if you listen to me often, you'll know it's all about the food for me. So that's the reason why I love it, but I also love the music. Our friends, Brazil Fest, would love to have you join them, join you. Uh, you join them on August 25th at Greeley Park. Um, coming up on August 20th is the third annual um, health conference put on by the Public Health Department. That is something which you can find out about just by going to the City of Nashua's website. If you're a nurse, and you're looking for CEUs or CMEs, you can go to that. There's a lot of um, interesting information. This year it's about um, infectious diseases. So, you know, I know that's kind of gross, and maybe a Monday morning you don't want to think about infectious diseases, but, you know, that's a thing. So August 20th from 5 to 8 p.m. is the third annual health conference, Infection Connection. And let's see, one or two more quick things, and we'll go to my first guest, Matt. The um, Soup Kitchen Shelter is doing their backpack distribution. 
for current clients, that's in preparation for the upcoming school year. They have collected hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of backpacks full of school supplies. Um, you can connect to the soup kitchen just on their website, nashvasoupkitchenandshelter.org. Um, you can also um, give them a call at 889-7770. And that, that uh, distribution is from August 21st to August 23rd. So please connect with them if you think that your child is in need of school supplies. This is a great, a great thing for uh, you know, people who are low income to get, get everybody started on the right foot. And that is about all I want to talk about as far as upcoming events, um, you know, other than the, self, um, the self-important, you know, things that I always talk about for United Way. We have our Little Free Libraries project coming up. That's the second annual project where we're partnering with BAE Systems, P&L Landscaping, Reed Ferry Sheds, um, United Way, and the National Public Library to put more Little Free Libraries in our community. We already have eight of them. We're putting another eight in around town. We're meeting with the Department of Public Works in about two weeks to get approval on all of those. And we're going to have eight new Little Free Libraries around the community, uh, which is super awesome. People love Little Free Libraries because you can take a book, you can leave a book, and you can build community through reading. What's better than that? Obviously nothing, right? And then we have our sleep out in September. End of September is our second, third annual United We Sleep to End Hunger and Homelessness. Um, worst invite you're ever going to get is the invite from Mike saying, come sleep with me in a box. But uh, that's what we do. So in front of the community college on September 21st is United We Sleep to End Hunger and Homelessness. It's a great fundraiser, but it's also an experiential event and, some, and a place where you can really learn a lot about hunger and homelessness. So... I would tell you that my next guest, who's sitting to my right, if you're watching on Facebook, your left, um, or maybe it's transposed, I don't know. So that is Matt, for those of you on Facebook. That's Melissa. She's going to be on next. Off in the corner is Cheryl, who you can't see, except that's her hand right there. Um, they're going to be on um, next, but they're early. So, you know, how great is that to have guests who are early? It's awesome. But my next guest is Matt Lefebvre. Now, Matt is a commercial realtor with Elm Grove Realty, and we're partners with one another in a group that we call Business Networking International, BMI, BNI. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You might want to turn the microphone just a little bit pointed in toward your mouth. There you go. All right. How's that sound? That sounds awesome. So two reasons I invited Matt on the show. Well, there's a lot of reasons I invited Matt on the show. First of all, um, Matt's um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what is BNI since most people have never heard of BNI. But the most important reason I thought to invite Matt on the show is I think Matt has potentially the greatest radio voice in the history of, of radio voices. So Matt, just say a couple of words for our engaged studio audience. Mike, you're flattering me, but when you turned me and invited me on here, you said that I had a face for radio, not a voice for radio. So uh, I guess I'm alive on a camera here. I'm not sure if that's what I'm looking for. Well, the (laughs) the face goes with the voice, right? It used to be that radio had no face, right? It was just the voice. But uh, nowadays, you never know. Now we got Facebook Live. Yep. That's right. So, uh, Matt, tell us a little bit about your business. You're a commercial realtor. Sure. So I've been working with business owners around both Nashua, Manchester, Concord, sort of all over southern New Hampshire, the southern half of the state. Typically, I'm working with people that are either relocating their business, so they're expanding, they're growing, they're franchising, sometimes they're downsizing, looking for a smaller place, or working with people who already own properties and uh, are looking to find new businesses that are looking to move or, or seek out space from them. Okay, fantastic. And how is that market these days in terms of, like I know on the residential side, all the realtors say, 
that it's a really tight market, that there's no inventory and there's just huge demand and stuff like that. And the commercial world's different, right? So how's the commercial market these days? It is a little bit different, yeah. But still, when we have a stronger economy and when we have a stronger housing market, we still do tend to have a stronger commercial market too. So we do still have a lot of businesses that are moving around and people that are growing and expanding, which is always a good sign for the economy. So um, there is a little bit of a lack of inventory, in my opinion. It can be fi- it can be hard to find some of the right things for certain types of businesses. One of the biggest um, pain points that we've had in the economy recently has been in smaller industrial spaces to find available. Um, but in general, it certainly is that there's a lot of growth in the commercial market right now. Okay. Okay. That sounds, well, that sounds, that sounds good. And you're right. You know, a rising tide, you know, it kind of lifts all the boats and, and, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me that, that, uh, it's a tight market for commercial as well. Yeah, exactly. So BNI, is something where you and I go every week. We go every Tuesday morning at 7.30 in the morning. Um, it's sort of like, you know, you know, other people go to church every week. I think maybe this is not a replacement for that by any stretch of not the imagination. <laughs> but we do go religiously every week, right? Yes, we and, do. And so tell me a little bit about BNI. You've been a member of this group for quite a while now. What is, what is, what is this? What does it mean to you? So BNI, and I'll give the 30-second intro to what the organization is about, it's a networking organization that's devoted to helping small business professionals and, in the case of yourself, people who represent nonprofits, connect with other business owners and work together to help grow their businesses simultaneously and just make connections to help grow their, their community. So these chapters spring up all across the country. Um, their, their one major rule that they have involved in it is that each chapter can only have one representative per profession. So that means if that your spot is filled, you have to go out and find another chapter. But there's certainly a large number of them out there. There's maybe 50, 60 of them in the state. I'm not sure the exact number, but there's quite a few right here in New Hampshire. So it's been a great organization to be a part of so far in helping meet other business professionals, um, just connect with them, make friends out of it, but also to help grow our businesses simultaneously. So what do you do then every week when you go to this meeting? Isn't that like get redundant somehow? Somehow it gets redundant, but on the same token, it, uh, it, it's very unique every single time that you go. It's basically we, we show up, we spend a little bit of time chatting with each other in a more casual setting, networking around a little bit, and then it becomes a much more formal and structured kind of deal where uh, each individual has the opportunity to provide a quick commercial about themselves. So uh, it's typically a 60-second opportunity for them to talk and say, hey, this is me, this is a service that I'm doing, or maybe here's a testimonial that I have. Everybody gets the opportunity to do that. And eventually it switches into some people featuring themselves and talking for a little bit longer about their business or about what it is that they do. And finally, these meetings get wrapped up with uh, talking about the business that we've done with other members, the uh, referrals that we've passed to other individuals, anything like that. that that's effectively what happens at these meetings. Okay. So, I mean, I know that uh, for me at United Way, the benefit has been uh, – that for me, a referral is somebody who potentially is uh, owns a business that wants to get involved with supporting the community or somebody who maybe um, is an individual who wants to volunteer or become a donor. Those types of connections are the things that I call referrals. What is a referral for you in your business? 
Yeah. So one of the things that I love working with in general are small business owners that are growing and really looking for that next step up for themselves. So dealing with other small business people who are naturally dealing and networking with other business people or individuals out there, um, they have the opportunity pretty often to run into other people saying, oh, my God, my space. It's just I'm running out of space here. I have boxes stacked up to the ceiling. I can't find enough storage for all my inventory, whatever it might be. And when those people introduce me, I can say, well, let me try and find you the right space for your business because it's all about where you're located. As the saying goes, it's location, location, location that makes the most sense for a business. But there's a lot of other factors that will tie into that too. And that's the kind of referrals that I love working with and helping out. That's great, Matt. So thank you for sharing that. And believe it or not, we're actually already out of time. Already. Already. Yeah, yeah, you know, the time flies, right? You You can't get it back once it's gone. Exactly. That's true. So um, maybe we'll come on again and talk a little bit more at some point in depth about your business and BNI and, um, you know, give your radio face another trial run and see how that works. But we're going to have to take a short break now. All right. So, so Matt, thank you for joining me today. Um, after our break, which is brought to you by Edstone Properties, they're our prime sponsor for our show. We're going to be joined by good friends of mine, Cheryl Lindner and Melissa Sullivan, who I've known both for many, many years now. And we're going to talk about St. Joseph's Community Services Meals on Wheels program and uh, learn a little bit about, more about what they're doing and how they're changing the world. Meanwhile, you're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We will be back in just a couple of minutes. I started going cold turkey. Well, at least when I'm in the car. I know I shouldn't do it, but it's so hard to stop. That's why I hide it from myself, so I won't be tempted. I used to do it all the time. I stopped by locking it in my glove compartment. My friend used to do it way too much. Now I turn it off when we're in the car. My solution is simple. I just don't do it. There are lots of ways to stop yourself and others from texting and driving. How will you stop? Tell us at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at EdgestoneProperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook. Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. When I grow up, I want to be a baseball player. I will be the pitcher because they get to do something all the time. If your child is sick over and over again, it could be PI, a defect in the immune system that affects millions. Early detection can give children a chance to dream. Jeffrey Modell Foundation, 25 years of helping children reach for their dreams. Visit us at info4pi.org or call 1-866-INFO-4PI. The experts at American Medical Response offer these safety tips to assure that a fun afternoon at the pool stays fun. Important actions to take at the pool. Watch children at all times. Know the basics of life-saving, including CPR. Learn how to swim and teach your child how to swim and educate them on basic safety tips in the water. Keep children away from pool drains, pipes, and other openings to avoid entrapment. Check out more safety tips at amr.net slash safety. AMR medics are here for you every hour of every day. Well, 
Well, good Monday morning, and welcome to the United Way Community Connection Show. I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. We are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m., and we're talking about the nonprofits in our community and all the fabulous work that they do in the hopes that you connect to them and perhaps become a donor, a volunteer, or can, can take advantage of some of the great services that they offer. So... Um, this morning, we are joined by two friends of mine who I've known for quite some time now, in different capacities, actually, with both of them, Cheryl Lindner and Melissa Sullivan. And um, we'll start with M- Melissa. Melissa, is it? do you go with the full Melissa Ballard Sullivan? I do. Okay, so I'm, I should take that back then. Melissa Ballard Sullivan. <laughs> Melissa and I have known each other for a long time. Melissa was with Marguerite's Place Absolutely. and then with the uh, Merrimack Chamber of Commerce yes. and is now with St. Joseph's Community Services. Has been there for quite a while now. Is that right? Yes. I, I just love the nonprofit uh, sector. Um, it's been in my blood since early on. So my career has mostly been with nonprofits. So it's returning a dis- to that is It's great. a disease you just can't get rid of. I and, know. you know, it gets in your blood and, and it's like you don't want to get rid of it either. Okay. I'm getting the signal to adjust myself here. Well, I can hear you just fine, but, you know, that's all right. This is live radio, so we just make hand signals and stuff. We make that work. So, Melissa, welcome back. How long have you been at um, Meals on Wheels now? Oh, I'm going on my first year there. Okay. Yeah. Sounds, that sounds great. Yeah. And your role is you're the development director? Development and community and um, communications manager. Okay. Sounds good. Now, Cheryl Lindner. Now, Cheryl is no... no um, um, well, what should I say? Stranger. I don't say no stranger. Yes, no stranger to our community. They, there we go. Wow, that was hard to get. So Cheryl was the um, assistant general manager over at the Nashua Silver Knights for quite some time now and is no longer with them. Moved over about also about a year ago now, I would say, right? Almost a year, yes. Um, to St. Joseph's Community Services, Meals on Wheels. Yes. And what is your role over at Meals on Wheels now? I'm the vice president. The vice president. Mm-hmm. Like, so that sounds so big. For you such know. a small person, yes. <laughs> so big. So vice president. You know, I was on a radio show with um, – was on a Hispanic radio show <laughs> a couple – maybe a year and a half ago. And um, it was all in Spanish, which I don't speak. Okay. And um, so there was a lot of translating. But the way they introduced me was they introduced me as – El Presidente. And I just thought that was so cool. So, so you're cool. like la vice presidente. So welcome to our show. Thank so, you. So it's a long name, St. Joseph's Community Services Meals on Wheels. Yes. And so most people in our community have heard of Meals on Wheels and most people have heard of St. Joseph's in, mm-hmm. in, in the context of the hospital, mm-hmm. who coincidentally is also coming on to our show later on today. Oh, nice. But um, – What's the connection between Meals on Wheels and St. Joseph's as a hospital? Is there any connection there at all, or is it just a, a yeah. name? So years ago, um, we, we're in our 41st year, yeah. um, St. Joseph's Community Services. So um, years ago, we were founded by a, a board from St. Joseph's Hospital. So, um, but we, um, we carry the name St. Joseph's Community Services, um, but there's a there's a small connection now, but it's it's more just community based Meals on Wheels organization. So, okay. So we do still have that connection, but it's very small. I believe it was 
like one share of something earlier when it was started. They were our founders. Okay. So, yeah, so there is still that connection, but we operate separate from the hospital. And you still use their color, too. Yes. There's no, there's, that St. Joseph's Community Services royal blue is inescapable. It is very pretty. Yeah. I like it. I like yeah. it. Yes. It's so, still very current. But yeah. most importantly, um, St. Joseph's Community Services is a non-religious 501c3. Yeah. So. Okay, so as a 501c3, that means you're a technically what they would call a charity. charity. Mm -hmm. And so what is your mission? What is it that you actually do day in and day out? Our official mission statement is we foster independence and life enrichment for seniors and other qualified adults through nutrition, social engagement, and community services. That's a big, long way of saying that we help to um, feed those in the community, uh, that are homebound, disabled, and older adults. They can't get out of their homes, um, and they also have a certain income level. Uh, we also help reduce social isolation in that demographic, which we find um, is, is quite high, quite high percentages, uh, as we do more and we get involved more um, in, in those programs. We, we find that... Uh, we're finding a lot that our drivers are the only person that 19% of our recipients see every day and sometimes all week. So, um, so yes. So we, we provide meals. We provide a friendly face. We provide a, a very important safety check every day, um, Monday through Friday, so five days a week. And um, we make sure that people can stay in their homes as long as possible and live and age with dignity. So um, one of the things you said that really strikes me, and I've heard this before also, is that um, many of your Meals on Wheels recipients mm -hmm. don't see anybody during the week besides their driver. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a little bit um, sort of – and that's probably going to become a bigger problem in our community over time because mm -hmm. we're an aging community. Yes. And uh, some people don't even realize this or most people don't realize actually how – how aging we actually are. I think last I heard we were the third oldest state yes. um, in the country. Yes. And with number two being Maine, I believe, and or in Vermont, and number one being Maine. Yes. And so uh, you know, people think of, when they think of old states, quote-unquote old states, they always think of Florida or maybe Arizona, but we're like older than Florida. <laughs> I... Um, I'm always shocked even just to think about that. But this is a big problem because we have an aging community. We also have a community where um, young people, young families are leaving. And those young families oftentimes represent the support system mm -hmm. that an elderly person needs. Yes. Um, so what do you, how do you connect then with, with, with your clients? Um, because when people think of Meals on Wheels, they think of the meal. Mm -hmm. And of course, the meal is important. Yes. But yes. – really the connection to the community and the connection to a person might be even more important. It, it is. We're finding that, that that is just as important, if not more important, than, than the nutrition aspect we provide. Um, we uh, have, have recently started to branch out and um, start some new programs that help decrease that social isolation and actually um, help people be be more comfortable, I guess, in their homes. So one of the things that we've recently started to do is our called our check and chat. So we've partnered some of our Nashua clients with um, residents at the Hunt community, and um, it's kind of a phone pen pal 
type of thing. So they call each other once a week and it's nice because they're all living in the same area and, oh, you grew up in so-and-so's neighborhood and you lived on this street and things like that. So it's finding those common bonds um, that they can share and, and feel like they're more connected. Uh, we also have a library program out of Merrimack where um, – uh, our clients can pick which books they would like and then the drivers deliver them with the meals. So we try to do, do more of that. Um, and we're looking to expand both of those programs because they've been very well received. So um, we, we have found, though, that um, our congregate sites, uh, people tend to, uh, tend to get together and, and share the, a lunch meal and talk there or read the newspaper or work on crosswords together or jigsaw puzzles, different things like that. So our congregate sites have been a place where people who are alone but can still um, get out of the house or utilize public transportation, if they don't have it themselves, they, uh, they can go there and, and be together and talk and have some socialization. That's pretty great. Um, I love both of those programs. I love the pen pal in particular. The I think that's awesome. Pal, yes. <laughs> that's great. My daughter actually, she works in the uh, after school program here at here right here at Dr. Crisp Elementary actually. Oh, nice. And she partnered a bunch of her kids up this past year with one of the um, assisted living facilities for actual pen pals. And they wrote they actually ended up writing letters back and forth and then at the end of the year the kids met the met the seniors and it was just a great thing. Yes. So you know, any whatever kind of connectedness we can create is very important. Yes. I think what's important, yeah. too, is as our population continues to age, most folks want to age in their own homes. Mm-hmm. So our program gives them that opportunity. We connect them socially with community news items. We might bring them some flyers. We are, we're definitely a connection to the outside world. So 61% of our clients tell us that Meals on Wheels enables them to stay in their own home. So as, as a population of baby boomers, as we continue to age, that's a really important fact to, to think about out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know one of the statistics that you shared with me is that the uh, one year's worth of meals is the same equivalent in dollars as one day stay in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so people should think about that when they think about nonprofits. When we think about nonprofits in community, it's just I let me just say, um, sometimes it really bothers me how how the community thinks about nonprofits. Um, and they, they don't think about the return on investment sometimes in our community for some of the work that we do. Yes. So that perspective, one day in the hospital is, is a year's worth of meals that mm-hmm. you can pay for with, with your program. Yes, That's a compelling reason for organizations like the city and United Way and um, Charitable Foundation to, to provide support to Meals on Wheels because you are actually reducing cost in one of the most expensive institutions that we have in our city, and that's our hospital. Yes, yes. And we see that, you know, we, we see that people are able to stay in their homes. We see how appreciative they are of, um, of the meal and, and just the friendly face every day. Uh, they're very grateful, and um, it really does make their day. We have so many stories that um, we recently had a video at our volunteer thank you dinner, and it was three clients, and... Um, for one of them, it was the reason she got up every day. 
She knew her driver was coming. Yep. She'd get dressed. <laughs> yeah. And she said, I, it gives me a reason to get up and get dressed and, and get ready for the day because she knew her driver was going to come in and, and it was going to be a friendly face and they could have a conversation. So um, it, it really does make a difference. It makes and, a huge difference. Yeah. And it's so much more than a meal. It, it really is, um, even though our, our title is Meals on Wheels. But um, I just want to share a couple of things with yeah. you. So we have um, 53%. Uh, volunteer coverage. So 53 of our 67 routes are covered by strictly volunteers. We're so grateful for our volunteers. We could not operate no. without them. So what does a volunteer driver have to do? So What's vo the job? The volunteer driver would go um, to the, the site in the morning and they would pick up the meals and then they would go and deliver them. They would do the safety checks. They would um, report back to the site anything that, that was not right or any concerns that they had. Um, sometimes they'll help in the kitchen as well or they'll help in a congregate um, site to help to serve the diners and greet people when they come in. So there's lots of options for volunteers. Um but our, uh, our volunteers are crucial to our operations. We served over 375,000 meals last year. We're expecting this year to serve close to 400,000, if not more than 400,000. So our need is growing. Yeah. It's definitely growing. And you recently, I believe this past year, went back to five days a week. Is that right? Uh, a couple years ago, yes. Okay. We went back, yes. That's Which is really great. Yes. I know that you were, for a while, had to cut back to four days because of funding. And back to five is really is really great. Yes. Um, you know, especially for that connectedness. I know you'll, we can always figure out how to get the food out there, mm -hmm. but the, you know, if a person's not physically there, mm -hmm. that makes a difference. Right. Um, what would be a great way for somebody to help help your organization? Sure. Um, well, if they're looking for, you know, a long-term or, you know, a volunteering kind of opportunity, there's the male drivers. But if they wanted to just get involved with us on a, on like a temporary holiday um, basis, we have the holiday gift program coming up. And that's where we're looking yep. to um, engage individuals and companies and helping us to collect items that are needed by um, the, the folks on our program. So it would be like, lap fleece blankets, warm socks, warm hats, gloves, teas, coffee, stamps, those kinds of items. If they'd help us um, by providing them, that would be super, or engaging their companies to ask their employees to provide them, that would be great. And they can reach me over at Meals on Wheels um, at 603-424-9967, uh, and uh, we'll connect them with okay. our program. So we need, we need items. We need volunteers to help us um, stuff those items into bags. Mm -hmm. So we give out 1,200 bags during that holiday program. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a large task for a very small group of people. Yeah, I know that our shoebox project actually also helps to support that as well. So yeah. which is which is great. We love that partnership. Yeah. And um, and we for some of them it's the only gift they will receive at Christmas, and for some it's the only gift they've received since a spouse has passed away or their family has moved away. So they really look forward to that. So we try to um, think of all the things that they would really enjoy opening at the holidays. And that's, that's what we put in. So each year it changes a little bit, yep. but yep. this year we, those are the items we, we settled on. So. And your big fundraiser every year is your walkathon. Is yes. that, is that the event? Yes. In so May. in May. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Very good. Yeah, good friend of mine, Matt uh, Mercier, always yes. always does that. Yes. It's you know, this is such a small community. Like I donate to him for his walkathon. He donates mm-hmm. donates to me to sleep yeah. in the box. Right. Then I donate to him for the walkathon. He donates back to me to sleep in the <laughs> yeah. box. Yeah, sure. But it's all good in the end. Yeah. So and he's done that, and he's been a big supporter for a long time. Yes, Matt's actually one of our board members. Yep. He's a wonderful person, and That's he's me. just we we love having him as part of the organization. So. Matt's awesome. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, he's a good guy. So any last words? Because because guess what? We're just about out of time. Oh, no. Yeah, that it just so happens. Bad. I know. Yeah, but but that's why we're on every week. And so we'll bring you back on again. Okay, Cheryl, great. you'll be like, you get to get like a trophy at some point for like <laughs> most appearances on With the United Way show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Any last really critical things you want to get out there? Uh, um, just if you're interested in volunteering, you can also visit our website. Okay. Um, and... For all of the um, people in the community that already volunteer for us and have contributed to us, we thank you so very much because we can't do what we do without your help. And it is so crucial. And our clients are so grateful and appreciative. So thank you very much. And thank you, Mike, for giving us the opportunity to come on. It is today. always my pleasure. And just so anybody who's listening knows the website for that is www.mealsonwheelsnh.org. Pretty easy to remember, yeah. mealsonwheelsnh.org. But as always, if you forget that, just give Mike a call over at United Way and I'll connect you to Melissa and Cheryl thank to you. get involved. Thank you. Um, ladies, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. And good luck with the upcoming holiday um, program. Yeah, thank you. And um, – We're going to take another break. Our show, which is brought to you by Edgestone Properties, um, is the sponsor of our break as well. And we will be back in just about three minutes with our second um, full interview, and that is the other St. Joseph's. This is the hospital talking about their community education program. You're listening to the United Way Community Connection Show on WSMN 1590, and I'm your host, Mike Affelberg. All right, I've gone through all the tracks. Just move through the beats. Do your thing. All right, everyone, let's hear it for West High's own Brooke Turner, a.k.a. DJ Hook. Scratching at my first school dance takes confidence. So getting into college, I've got what it takes. So do you. Visit knowhowtogo.org to learn what you should be doing right now to prepare for college. Start taking the steps at knowhowtogo.org. Brought to you by the American Council on Education, Illumina Foundation, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tony Joyce from Joyce Cooling and Heating. Summer is finally here, and for those of you with central air conditioning, hopefully you're getting a good night's sleep. For those of you who don't, Joyce Cooling and Heating can help. Whether it's a repair, a replacement, or a new system, or help with this year's tree pollen, I'm sure we have something that meets your needs and budgets. We carry quality brands like Lennox and Mitsubishi. We still have a lot of summer left, so don't wait. That's Joyce Cooling and Heating at 882-4244 or on the web at JoyceCool.com. Edgestone Properties is a leading home builder in southern New Hampshire. With over 33 years' experience, Edgestone offers highly valued residential homes, including first-time buyer, luxury move-up, and senior community opportunities. Edgestone also offers well-located rental apartments, including active adult communities. Visit us at edgestoneproperties.com or call us at 603-889-5208 to learn more. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That's 603-889-5208. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat. Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. 
Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. As we continue to build homes and live near the forests and rangelands where wildland fire is a natural event, our homes can become just another log on the fire. As we live and play near the wildlands, we need to work within our communities to learn how to protect what we value from the flames. Learn more about the natural role of fire. Visit the National Interagency Fire Center website at nifc.gov. That's nifc.gov. Well, good Monday Community Connections show broadcasting this week and all summer long live from the Arlington Street Community Center over on Arlington Street next to Dr. Crisp Elementary School. If you'd like to visit us, we are here each and every Monday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Just pop on in. The whole reason why we're over here is to get some interest and some publicity for the Community Center, which is a fabulous new resource in Nashua. Um, and uh, it's kind of, a, kind of a deal to set up the radio station over here, so it would be great for you to come on by and check it out and learn more about the center. This morning we are joined by Whitney Tave and Harmony, Harmony Ebriel from St. Joseph's Hospital. Now, we just had St. Joseph's Community Services on. This is different. St. Joseph's Hospital. Everybody knows St. Joseph's Hospital um, in Nashua. And they represent the department that does community education. And community education is a big portion of their outreach into the community. So, ladies, welcome to our show. Thank you. Well, it's great to have you both back. You've been here before. Yes. And we'll probably bring you back again because you it's sort of a wash, rinse, and repeat type of a thing with community <laughs> education. So why don't we talk a little bit about um, – well, you know, before we talk about the programs themselves, let's talk about sort of the mission. Right? Why is it that the hospital has taken such pains and put in so much effort into community education? What are we trying to accomplish here? Well, I think, um, Mike, a big part of, of health in general is just, um, you know, of course, being able to learn and get have access to not only just healthcare, but being around other people and socializing. And so, community health education is kind of a perfect umbrella for that. We can provide education. Um, we have we make it accessible. They're free to low-cost classes. Um, and all the while, educating the whole person and, and giving people an opportunity to get out and, and meet other people and create community. Yeah, we really take try to take a holistic approach. Um, you know, being a, um, you know, St. Joseph Hospital is a member of Covenant Health, and that's really like part of that whole is being um, the whole person which we try to incorporate into all of our classes. That's fantastic. And you have a lot of classes. Um, you handed me a catalog, which is like a, a course catalog at the University of New Hampshire. Um, it's beautiful. I think if you took all of these <laughs> classes, you'd have like a degree from St. Joseph's Hospital. Um, so tell us, tell me a little bit about how do you choose the programs? What are the programs? Who are you trying to reach out to? What's the uh, overall approach here? So Whitney and I work together to come up with the classes. Um, you know, we look at the community needs. We look at, um, you know, the demographics in the town and the interest, really. And we try to come up with these creative classes that are interactive and different and um, that would, you know, be very interested to people. And um, 
And then again, like Whitney said, we try to make them very low to no cost, which is great, um, you know, for community. So people get people out, get them in the hospital and, um, you know, meeting our clinical staff for certain other classes that we have and then just get their bodies moving, get their minds moving. What do you think, Whitney? Yeah, you summed it up nicely. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we um, most recently we're excited to um, talk about our active aging section, which we've always had a little bit um, of information and activities out there for people who, you know, more geared toward 55 and up, but really anyone can join. Um, But uh, the most upcoming event would be Saturday, September 8th. We have a Grandparents' Day event for seniors and their families. So um, whether you're a grandparent or not, if you're a senior and you have younger people in your life, We'd love for you to come out for this. It's uh, just going to be kind of a, a just a fun day with different activities. We'll have caricatures and bingo games, things like that. Um, there will be some educational tables. Uh, we'll have some, uh, we can get some um, base, basic health screening done if people need that um, or want that. But really, it's just a, an opportunity to get lots of generations together and have fun together and learn from each other. So we're really excited about that. That's on our first um, section of the active aging. And then... Um, so can we, we ha- talk a little bit more about active aging before we move on? Because there are a couple here that really kind of struck um, a chord with me. Um, any of us who have um, you know, parents who are sort of, so let's say, of a certain age start to think about some of these issues. Driving. Driving, yes. it can be a problem, right? Yeah, yes. As people as people age, they um, they don't realize that they don't drive as well as they did at one point in their lives. Maybe they get a little stubborn because there's ego involved. Like, what do you mean I can't drive? Well, maybe you can, but maybe you need to think about it and maybe to get a little bit of a tune-up, if you will. Mm-hmm. So you have a program here with the AARP called Smart Driver. I think that's awesome. How, oh, tell me about that program. Yeah, um, it's a great interactive class. Um, our instructors, you know, come from AARP, and they're wonderful. And um, they show you a series of, you know, DVDs and um, real-life um, situations, kind of go over everything again, not, you know, not from the very beginning so people don't feel, you know, like you said, bad that they might not be as great as they were when they were younger. Um, but it definitely gets them you know, into the newer stuff and feeling more comfortable. It's a very popular and, um, and people take it again and again, you know, they come back and they say, you oh, know, I took this class a few years ago. Do you still have it? And of course, so we have it and it fits perfect in the active aging section. And when you hit 50 years old, AARP lets you enroll. So I actually am an AARP member. Good for is, you. Well, you can get which it. Is a, which is just horribly embarrassing to me. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like I'm not old enough to be an AARP. Like hey, I'm certainly not old enough to retire. If it's there. But Mike, you get that yeah. at a discounted rate, you know. I know. I know. I saw that. What do you think? I, I'm cheap too. So what do you think? I, I saw I that. I'm like, oh perfect. my goodness. I can go learn how to drive. My Let's family tells up. me all the time I'm a terrible driver. <laughs> Driver, so this might be perfect for me. Absolutely, and there are <laughs> Give me a call. There, there are some auto insurances that will either reimburse for this class or even lower your monthly rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it really varies from policy to policy. Honestly, that's pretty. That's pretty but great that's stuff nice. because it, you know it is important that people need to be safe on the road for mm-hmm. themselves and for others. Um, advanced care planning. So. This is a heavy topic, um, you know. End of life planning and is, is is something which we are often in deep denial about, and we don't think about. I think we've many of us have gone through that with our parents as well. Just like with the driving, maybe, maybe you don't think the driving you need to do the advanced care planning even sooner. Um, the um, but this is important stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Have you thought through what what is your palliative care plan? Have you thought through? 
Um, what about life-sustaining uh, technologies and those things and, how, and who's going to help to make those decisions? I'm assuming that's what this course is about. Yeah, it's, well, it's not really a course. It's more of a personal um, gotcha. meeting with somebody, which I think makes okay, it a good. lot better yeah. in, a, in a group setting. And um, you can definitely ask your questions and there's a um, professional um, there to help you and help you with, put your, all your things in a row. Okay, very good. Then you have this whole section on creative stuff. And yes, that's one, new. And I love the one that really st- stood out for me is the ukulele. Mm-hmm. Learn how to play the ukulele. So I'm learning how to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. I, were, I wish I had known when I started how much easier the ukulele is to learn. Like four strings is a lot easier than, than, than more strings. Yep. And, um, but learning an instrument is also one of those – this is probably – intentionally maybe next to the active aging section but uh, you know, learning how to play an instrument is so good for your brain totally. so good for your brain mm-hmm. besides entertaining dexterity and you know just calming and the you know the chords on the ukulele are, are really easy and if you have a chart right in front of you you can kind of just strum and play along and look like you're you know what you're doing which is kind of fun well it's always important to look like you know what you're doing yes. especially yes. if you don't know what you're doing exactly so this is a great class it's a series of four classes fantastic and it starts thursday um october 25th and it's from 6 30 to 7 30 here at um, st joseph hospital fantastic uh, so it's pretty and it's a really really low um fee that we have there um for that for the four series um, yeah absolutely $60 which is great and um and ukuleles are not that expensive to purchase so it's kind of a great class and, and something to fun to start up on fantastic and then you have a whole family section which is uh, you know you start with things like mommy and me yoga I um I think that's become really popular right the whole yoga thing has become popular in many different ways yeah um if there's something to be said part of yoga I think in co- well, what yoga is, is taking care of your whole body, your mind, body, your spirit. So that goes, falls right in line with, you know, our mission at St. Joseph Hospital. So, um, yeah, we have the Mommy and Me Yoga, which is a really great way for new moms um, or moms of new babies to meet other moms who are going through similar things. Um, it's not always an easy time in life, so it's nice to have that support system, that sense of right. community. Um, we also have prenatal yoga, which is under a different section, yeah. um, but that's new, and that will be held at Thrive Studio um, in Amherst. We're really excited about that. Um, the Mommy and Me Yoga is held at Banyan Tree Yoga in Nashua. Okay. Um, and then also in Family Fun, we have um, in November, we collect people's uh, unopened but unused um, candy from Halloween, and it gets shipped over to the troops. So we have a collection day for that, and kids can come in and they can uh, write letters to the troops, color pictures, and um, we also have our community Christmas event, which is free, and it's a great event to come out with your family and your kids. Um, I have children of my own, and when I plan it, I my goal is get these kids to nap afterwards, so... <laughs> <laughs> Lots of things to do. We keep them busy. There are photos with Santa. There are crafts that they can do. Um, You know, there are different, lots of different stations that you can mill about and um, cookie decorating. Mm, Don't forget that. I also see here um, in that same section, which we skipped right over, but I think this is really important, is the babysitting course, Super Sitters. Yes. So I remember when, when um, my daughter was beginning babysitting and learning how to babysit, there's so many topics here that are really important. First aid, child development, safe play ideas, bathing, diapering, and, and a lot more. So when you become a babysitter, it's really important that you know all of that. When you're hiring a babysitter, I think it's really important that 
you can ask, well, where did you learn what you know? And how do you, how do I know that you are going to be able to do what I need you to do? Yeah. Whitney actually teaches that class herself and she does really? a phenomenal yes. job. That's fantastic. Yeah. They're always so excited and have so much fun after. Um, it's really great. It's a lot of fun. We cover a lot of, um, just in general life skills. I often tell the, the participants, even if you never end up babysitting a day in your life, these are all things, um, that you'll use in other professions. Um, and very well could use if you're home alone or, you know, say you're with friends and they're home alone, their parents aren't there. So, so um, true. Just teaching self-awareness and what to do in an emergency so that you can stay calm and um, just preparing them for those kinds of things. Um, so true for, a new, lot of for new parents as well. Yes. You know, um, I remember when our daughter was born, you know, I didn't know anything, right? You get mm-hmm. this new kid, you bring it home. It's like, oh, <laughs> uh oh, what do I do now? And right. it starts with like changing the diaper and you just don't even know where to begin, which <laughs> it's really, it's really intimidating. Mm-hmm. So this is great. That's for kids ages 11 to 13 years old who are starting to learn how to babysit. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, Fantastic. And Mike, there's one other class that I'm really happy and excited to tell you about. Yep. We actually have a self-defense and personal safety course, which we're collaborating with the Nashua Police Department, which is really exciting. Where is um, that in the, in the, what page are we on So here? that's under um, health and wellness on page nine in our. Ah, um, okay. Yep. Very good. Um, which hopefully a lot of you will be receiving in the mail shortly. Um, And so it's in collaboration with the Nashua PD. Um, We're so excited about that where, you know, you know, at St. Joseph hospital, we are concerned about your safety. We, you know, we care about, we care about you. Um, So here you can come in and learn about just situational awareness, walk into your car at nighttime. If you have a, you know, nighttime job, Um, even, you know, shopping in the shopping mall, um, burglary, burglary prevention, and um, they'll also show some um, examples of how to maybe get out of a scuffle or, you know, something like that. Um, so it's really going to be fun. Um, and we're so excited to collaborate with them. Well, and the uh, police department has, I think if that's something which interests people, um, <clears throat> then people might even be more interested in taking the police department's RAD course. Right. right. Which is my wife and daughter both did that. And they yep. really, really mm-hmm. loved that program. Yep. So this is sort of maybe a <clears throat> teaser and an ent- entree yes. into that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fantastic. I know that there's a whole section here. This is one of the ones you hear about all the time, the dinner with the docs. Yeah, that, we love I think that. is probably one of your most popular <clears throat> offerings. Is that right? Yes. yes. Whitney and I have uh, the most fun kind of putting that together. Uh, yeah. You know, working with our clinical staff and our docs and maybe, you know, inviting new docs to come in and do classes on certain topics. Um, Whitney, um, maybe you can share all the awesome topics that we have this time around. Sure. We have um, to come <clears throat> upcoming in September, which crazy isn't that far away um tuesday september 25th we have a class on shoulder struggles focusing on rotator cuff injuries um but it's a great class for anyone who has either undiagnosed or diagnosed issues with their shoulders to come and meet uh, dr tom who's one of our orthopedic surgeons and uh he'll give a presentation but then there's opportunity for question and answer um in a group setting and then also you know they can come up and meet him individually fantastic Um, yep we have our um October, we have big and loud for uh, support for Parkinson's disease, which is um, focuses on OT and PT treatment for Parkinson's. Um, and then we have top tips for keeping your mind and body healthy at any age in December. And then I'm excited um, in February, we listed it far ahead because we know how busy children and families are, but we have a mothers and daughters class learning how to communicate and, and just take care of each other. You can go onto the website for St. Joseph's 
hospital and find out more about community education. Absolutely. And um, Yes, so, it's um, stjosephhospital.com and then click perfect. The community health up in the top blue bar. For, fantastic. Thank you, Harmony. Um, thank you, uh, Whitney, for coming on the show today. It's really great. We always run out of time just because there's so much to talk about. <laughs> so much. Thank uh, you for having us. That yes. about wraps it up. Uh, the Community Connection Show on WSMN 1590 AM. We'll be back next Monday with our special guests from NAMI, New Hampshire and the Partnership for Successful Living. Next up is the Village Network with Suzanne Koperniak. And please remember, until next week, that you... Uh, uh, please remember to be kind to one another because great things do happen when we live united. Listening to 